0: What's going on, everyone? You're watching Emroy TV, the place to be to move, groove, and grow. And today we have the homie Chris Boogie Marcos, one of the co-founders, I believe, of take Boy Band. Yeah. A uh, very talented singer and current lead of American Idiot. He's, uh, I met him primarily through dancing, but then I found out he sang, so that, then it became a super fangirl. Um, <laughs> you sure saw, saw me when I got to see one of his shows. I was like, crazy. Um, but... That's like my quick intro. I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick about, you know, who he is, social security number, his availability, his Instagram, his Tinder profile, all the good stuff. I I brought him. (laughs) I'm Chris, so let the crowd know who you are. Chris Boogie Marcos, dancer, singer, actor, like Emroy said. Yeah, I'm in a boy band called Double Take. Yeah. We're, we're more of a man band. A man band, but uh, <laughs> we cover boy band songs. We're the only one on the West Coast. Really? Uh, yeah, the only ones. So, there's, so you're telling me there's like a whole bunch of them in the East Coast. There's like a, a, at least four that we know of on the East Coast. Oh wow! So that's a, that's a, that's a you know cover bands are such a, and I'm aware that there you know there's a lot of cover bands, but I, I didn't think that you know there would be a gap in the market for boy bands right and that's that's why we found it's such a great market and everyone loves nostalgia you know especially these days going back to the 90s and early 2000s people Uh, love those jams everyone knows the words to them so it's a it's a thriving business yeah thriving business what got you started with uh just giving you guys a quick disclaimer a lot of this is just pure curiosity for me and I I didn't send him any questions no. I just told him this is con- going to be a conversation based off my curiosity <laughs> so, pretty much so and I'm the intent is that these, based off these questions you know of someone who wants to start something gives you inspiration and an idea of like how you can get started as well and stop being a little bitch about it mm. so <laughs> so okay how long was it an idea like how long did you sit on it mm-hmm. then researched and then you finally took action and got the right people um I think well long, that's what we <laughs> i mean i was actually brought into the group um we were brought together by um a manager in san diego and i wasn't in the first lineup of guys for the boy band mm-hmm. but i was brought in when uh, one of my friends dropped out he recommended me so i got in to do a one gig show in arizona state fair i was booked for that gig and then that was kind of supposed to be the end of it. Yeah. But uh, we kind of formed a bond and saw a market where people love this music and people love, you know, full on boy band choreography, boy band harmonies. Yeah. So we kind of, as a group, stuck together and, you know, said, How, where, where can we take this? How can we make this a show? And so it's not just me. It's, it's kind of all the guys Putting their heads together and really coming up with something special so it already existed before you were were around but then yeah from your knowledge before that was it just like hey let's get these people together and then perform and then later on it was like okay there's a legitimate market Mm -hmm. need in the market for this exactly that so what what we were booked for um the manager was was um contacted and said i need a band he, he's a country band manager usually oh but he had this idea of well do you like boy band music I have this idea for a boy band and they said yeah sure put a group together so he put a group together just for that one gig um, but after that we were kind of like well this is kind of fun and oh. people love this why not like take it other places it's kind of like uh, you know when you do a show and you wish that you had more shows and more more chances to do it. Yeah, I, I feel that right now because I, I just put together a project uh, with some friends. I think I invited you to do it as well. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For the locking routine. Yeah, and I'm like, See what? and yeah, and then there's like a one-time thing. Like fuck, I just want to do. I like, oh, I need another hit. Yeah. Of just this of a performance. Yeah. With this group. Yeah. So the good thing about it is it, it's it's all open, you know, you know the possibilities and like the the opportunities. There there's so many of them. So we're we're kind of in that process where we finally got our solid 2-hour show and we're just pitching it everywhere. We're Shit. booked for places in October and November already and we're just kind of like hitting the ground running. So are you doing that while doing this while at the same time doing American Idiot? Yeah. Fuck. I, I know what, it's what, a lot. Take me take through your day or week. Oh, so God! feel like the schedules can fluctuate <sighs> Yeah. rehearsals and shows and all that. This, I mean, this past month has been absolutely insane. Um, American Idiot is all the way out in San Bernardino, and those rehearsals are kind of like set in stone, have to be there from this time to this time. All those in between, like before, in between, and after rehearsals, I'm chatting with the guys. I'm choreographing on the side. I'm mixing music. Oh, you're mixing the music too? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wear a lot of hats in this group. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, wear I feel, a lot of hats. I feel you. Yeah, but, um, but you know, when I'm at rehearsal for American Idiot, I'm solely Johnny, the lead, playing guitar, acting, singing. I'm I'm there. That's and, that's what I'm and doing. And playing guitar too. I'm playing guitar in the show. And reacting triple threat. <laughs> I try, but man. I just can't choose one, one, one thing. are the type of people I aspire to be, but I'm a one thread. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> I'm one dimensional in that sense. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of how it is in terms of the professional performance theater kind of realm. Uh-huh. Like, do, are, do they, I'm curious on your experience, do they mm-hmm. um, reprimand you if you're late? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I, different productions have done different things, but... I mean, if you're late, that's kind of, like, the worst thing you can do. You get cut from numbers. Um, I've I've worked for companies that cut your pay. Really? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if that's legal or not, but, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're working non-union, they can do whatever they want. But, um, yeah, it, it's that's probably the worst thing you can do. And, and it puts you in such a bad light with the cast. Like, why do you get to show up late and they have to show up on time? Like, that's uh, selfish, shoot. you know? So... Um, but for the most part, most companies schedule it out so no one's time is wasted. And, you know, they'll stagger call times or release oh, okay. times, which is nice. Um, but, yeah, be a professional. Show up on yeah. time. All right. So I'm going to take we – went, we went deep, like, really quick. <laughs> I'm going to take it back real quick, just an origin story yeah. for you. Like, so, like, uh, how old were you when you discovered singing, dancing, acting? Or mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they all came at different times yeah. in your life. Yeah. So, like, how old were you – and then, I guess we'll start with Derek before okay. the next follow-up. So, I started dancing in, I would say, sixth grade. Um, really old school style, like dancing in neighbor's garages and on oh, cardboard okay. boxes and stuff oh, like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, and I watched the movie Breaking and all those instructional <laughs> videos, you know. So, I, that's where I started dancing. And then I started, like, doing high school rallies and stuff like that. Oh, but yes. I would always, like, sing in the shower. Was, and it was always boy band musics. <laughs> I have two sisters. I can only so. imagine singing in the shower at the Slipknot. Well, <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> yeah, and then in college, I had my own dance company, and we performed around the peninsula. And I had a couple of members that were involved in musical theater, like in the community theater. And they dragged me to a High School Musical 2 audition and said, we know you sing, like we've heard you sing, you should just do theater. It's like, ah, okay, I guess, you know, let, let me see what this is about. Changed my entire life, it was crazy. Also, oh, you hadn't gotten any uh, actual classes or training No, for acting? I mean, not, not for singing or acting. I, you know, I went to classes for dancing in, in the Bay Area, but singing, no, not at all. I was just like fresh and green. Wait so okay, that, that just reminds me of the I meme mean, like when you go interview for a job you're underqualified. for it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but <laughs> a lot of the times like in theater, at least from my experience being behind the table, you see potential in people, yeah. and you give. Them, that's the great thing about community theater is you, they give opportunities to those people that they see star quality in, and and they give them the chance, and then they give them the tools to really succeed. Oh, That's okay. what I love about theater. So, so okay, yeah. How was your your first audition in acting? Oh man, um, in acting or, or musical theater? Musical theater, musical yes. theater. Yeah. It was an experience. So I usually you're supposed to have sheet music and and give it to the pianist and and tell them how oh, your song goes. Shit. Okay. I just went in and said I know this song that has. That's another thing: is you want to sing a song that's related to the show that you're auditioning for. Oh, didn't do that. I sang (laughs) uh, just once, like uh, what? I forgot who sings that song. Brian Adams, maybe? I'm I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. It's an old song, but it's an old like ballady '80s like slow song. Yeah, and I sang it for High School Musical 2 audition. Oh, so they were kind of like, oh, so you don't have any music? I was like. No, this is my first time. It's like, oh, you've never been to a musical theater audition? It's like, this is my first one. I was dragged here. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I just sang, a cappella, no music. And they're like, okay, okay. And they just kinda saw saw something. So dang. Yeah. And then the role I ended up giving uh getting um Ryan Evans, sharpay's brother. So he's like the dance, that's kind of what helped me too, is my resume had a lot of dance stuff on it. Yeah. And Ryan in my high school music tool too, he's a dancer. Got it. So they're like, well, he dances and he has a decent voice. So why don't we see what he can do with this role? Oh. So yeah. Now I'm curious, like, cause everything's like getting, how did you, how did you react when you got the, ro- the role? Mm-hmm. And then what did, did you do any preparation when, uh, yeah. when it came time for rehearsals? So. I was ecstatic. Um, called my parents right away. Yeah, and I was like, "So you know how I used to do plays like in elementary school? Well, I'm, I'm in this local theater play, and I got a lead part. That's a pretty and big deal it, for your first audition. Yeah, right, right. Um, so right away, I watched the High School Two musical um, movie. Oh, uh, um, this is the one where they were at that resort, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So I kind of like studied that role first because I didn't know about at this time there wasn't YouTube or anything like that so I just kind of watched the movie and and watched the role Um, I took singing lessons Um, I showed my teacher at the time my sheet music and I'm like I don't know like I I knew how to read music because I played instruments growing up so I kind of knew but singing wise I've never read music singing so I was like you need to give me like basic 101 how do I be in a musical how, how do I do this? Um, but once we got into rehearsals, it was kind of like they take your hand and take you step by step through the process. So it, it was easy to learn and easy to follow. Mm. Yeah. And then that compared to what it is now, it's like you're, you're expected to know your shit, no mm. handholding. E- yeah. In a, in a way, I mean uh, right now I'm, I'm in a production with so, some actors that are kind of just getting started. So mm. I kind of have to be that, you know seasoned um, actor to help them or, or teach them in certain you know what do you call it um, etiquette, theater etiquette and you know how to project or hit your marks or anything like that uh, so I'm kind of like that person now in my older age Thank, thankfully we look you up <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're actually 23 guys mm-hmm. let's go with that <laughs> You, you said you're from the Bay Area. When did you mm-hmm. know you had to take the leap to come to L.A.? And I, I get that a lot because I actually recently got DM'd from someone. I think they live in I think Minnesota. Mm. And then she's got like an unsupportive family uh-huh. saying like, no, you're wasting your time. So it's like it's a common thing I feel like a, a lot of artists get yeah to move to L.A. since it's where the in, in, majority of the entertainment industry is. So mm-hmm. like, how did you know? When it was time to go, and how did your family or support system feel? Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact moment, but I think I just hit a ceiling where, you know, I was dancing with the dance company, I was doing lead roles in, you know, uh, local theater, and I just wanted more. You know, I, I felt like I had, at least the mindset to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And L.A. was kind of always, you know, the next stepping stone in, in taking that big leap and and putting myself in the pool with, you know, the bigger actors, the, the bigger shows. Mm. And, you know, the family fully supported it. They always knew like, ever since I was, I was a kid, you know, I was a ham. I always liked to be in front of the camera. And. You know show off and whatnot a ham yeah what the hell? i've never heard, yeah, you like, you never heard this i know hard as well but not, <laughs> not ham. You know, as people you know. say like you're such a ham like you're obnoxiously like in i've in never spotlight. heard this term. really wow <laughs> maybe that's just me um but yeah they, they so they fully supported like the move to la they knew i was not too far where they couldn't you know come help me if i really needed them you know it's like four and a half hour five hour drive yeah. um from where i live um so i'm in still in california so they're like okay as long as you're like still kind of still close california. by yeah yeah um but yeah they've always fully supported they come down to watch shows and dang yeah. that's cool yeah okay oh so when you get to california okay mm-hmm. did you already know people coming here I had a friend that I did local theater with um, back home that moved down here first, so okay. he was living here for about a year. Okay. Um, then I came down and we we moved in together, so he kind of showed me the ropes and um, we kind of grinded it out together. Yeah. Now he's in New York and he's like touring and, and Damn, yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's doing great things. Shout out to Ken Neely. Um, but yeah, him, him and I like left the 31 and we were kind of like the two guys that were always landing lead roles in local theater. And we went off to kind of pursue more thing, more things. So we always had great support from back home. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So your first week in LA or first year, what was that like? It was like... Tough. Yeah? Holy crap. I mean, I was expecting to get a job, you know, a a minimum wage job right away. It took me like two months to find a job. Wow. You know, just for, just to pay bills. Um, so that was kind of stressful for a while. And then... Um, what, what year did you move down? 2011. Okay, so it's like we're still kind of recovering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but as far as career-wise, I was very lucky because I had a manager back home I used to teach dare dance. Oh nice. And um, our director, she had connections in LA. Yeah. So she um connected me to an invited call for an agency, for a dance agency. Mm-hmm. Um and so I landed a a dance agent within the first like six months. Nice. Which was that's perfect. So wow, I, within their first six months yeah. a lot of dancers like try to come to LA and still have a hard time getting an agent. Yeah. Yeah. So I was very fortunate in that sense. So I was already in the rooms with you know people i watched on tv and and you know looked up to as choreographers i was there auditioning with those people Shit. it um, was terrifying like yeah I was to, like, how was your <laughs> how was your first audition experience with an agent it it, it was hard because i was struggling with do i want to stay to true to who i am as a dancer or do i want to try to adapt to what they want because. Uh. And the good thing about that specific audition was I didn't know what they wanted or, or what they needed or, you know, did they want a break dancer? Did they want a popper? Did they yeah. want someone that did crazy clips? Yeah. So I kind of just stayed true to myself in that sense and just kind of showed a lot of personality and showed, you know, my versatility and they took me on right away. Luckily like timing is freaking everything in LA. You know, you never know when they're going to need like an Asian dancer that You know, pops, Uh breakdances a little bit. I was right in the correct timing for that one, so they they picked me up, and yeah, we're off to the races. Respect, dude. Are you still with that agent? No, I'm with different agency now. Okay. Yeah. Dang. So, describe. I'd say like having to balance your, you know, you're you're getting these gigs, or you got your first agency, but the reality of like a working dancer. So some people are asking, yeah. can I just go there get an agent and I'm good, or do I have to get a regular job in the meantime while mm-hmm. you know trying to do these auditions? Yeah, I mean it's I'm not gonna lie, it's hard, and the path that you think you're going to take to get where you want to go is not gonna be that path. I've found that my my dreams and aspirations have changed a lot um, from you know from when i first moved out here just because of curveballs or or anything that was thrown at me that i wasn't expecting but it's it's a struggle i mean one i always say get a job get get a serving job suck it up and you know get those jobs that are gonna allow you to practice your craft while you're you know, living. Yeah. yeah. You have to live. So um, those people that just like all they do is dance and all they do is you know drain their savings. Those people don't stay in LA very long. So you, I always say be practical about you know your living situation and your your income. But at the same time, you have to find those jobs and that balance to pay your bills and live comfortably because that fuels your arts and your creative you know intentions and and all your endeavors that that basis of your living is kind of really important yeah i think that's a um a reality that a lot of people refuse to accept is a possibility Mm -hmm. because you know people say there's a whole thing like follow your passion yeah Follow your passion, but doesn't mean your passion is going to pay the bills right off the bat. Yeah. So and then uh, and especially like me starting my first, well, uh, not my first, movie, but uh, Vision Paradox. Mm-hmm. It was like we didn't have. I was only a freelancer doing it at, at first, and I still had to. Thankfully, I had a quote-unquote regular-paying job as a hip-hop dance theater artist. Mm-hmm. But still, I think if your basic needs aren't taken care of. Then you take, then you do things that are like short term. You start doing desperate actions instead of actions that are like more long term. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because some people are like, oh, I'm only gonna do this if I can get paid, because I need to pay rent next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, okay, now let's switch back to uh, Double Take. What kind of projects are you guys currently working on? Because I know you guys are doing shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about any upcoming shows or any other projects you guys are working. So we have, we're slated to play in Lake Elsinore um, in the beginning of October. It's a place called Canyon Cowboy. We've been there before. It's like a country bar. It's really fun there. And then we're talking to House of Blues in Anaheim for a Halloween show. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I think there's like, there's a place called Tin Roof. I, I forgot where that is. I think it's in Fullerton. We're doing that, but... The big picture, um, we definitely want to pitch out to like the fair circuit because, you know, Arizona State Fair is kind of a, uh, one that we do every year, but we're trying to like kind of branch out and do more of those. And the uh, cruise lines, cruise line oh. circuits, they would love a boy band show on a cruise line. So that's kind of like the next two year plan. That and, you know, upping our social media game, you know, coming out with cover videos, uh, more you know, Instagram footage and, and content and yeah, just kind of getting our name out there more. Okay. You you touched on social media and obviously, you know, I have a social media company. I'm I'm curious now, like how, how is you guys are doing covers, which Mm. I'm like a huge supporter of because it helps bring people to the familiar and then they get curious about your other work. It's like, like covers are like the gateway drug to your music. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I view it. Yeah. Um, Like how are you guys leveraging social media for, exposure, mm-hmm. and uh, what are your thoughts on having a big, having a big social following in terms of the scheme of things? I feel like that's a, such a, like, I, I guess, an unnecessary evil, I hate that, Yeah. but, but for, for some, that certain agencies or companies take into consideration Oh yeah, for going into booking, mm-hmm. which, and then again, I've heard stories from, and I've seen witness over the shoulder people doing uh, shortcut things in terms of buying followers Mm. so like I guess the first question 1A would be how are you guys leveraging it for exposures Uh 1B would be like your thoughts on uh, the whole follower vanity metrics generation Mm. so it's it's tough because you know you want to have great footage on your social media because that's what the clients want to see you know you can't just tell them that Oh, we have a boy band. They're all great singers. They do full-on choreography. They're like, I want to see it. Mm. So that footage is very integral to our, our pitching. And then once we're past that, a client will be like, okay, they're great. What kind of following do they have? What kind of crowd are they going to bring to my venue? Mm. And that that's kind of what we're working on now is you have to have a following in, um, for a client to be like, they have a lot of followers. A lot of these followers are going to come to my place mm. so yeah i'll book those people so it, it's it's tough we're, we're we're trying to get up there but it's it's such a tricky game it tricky is. game with social media um but it, it is an element that's part of our industry these days like I, I know agencies that strictly have like an influencer um department really oh yeah okay i've aware of about the, the yeah. department i thought are gonna say like influencers only audition. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, 10k enough. <I'm... laughs> <no." laughs> Bye, everyone. But I've seen I've <laughs> seen those like uh, those casting notices that are like, how many followers do you have? I'm like, what does that matter? Yeah. But it it yeah. matters. Yeah, yeah. it's it's part of it. Try. Yeah. And I explained like uh, the way, you, and you brought it up too, um, that companies are trying to leverage the attention you have when they push. To have a push product mm-hmm. so it, absolutely it, so it's become more you know not, not just what I what can I do for this artist but what can this artist, artist do for me yeah not just through your talent but in terms of the attention that you have mm-hmm. um, what, what social media platforms are you guys on and do you guys have a primary one yeah we're on um, well we have our website doubletakeboyband.com um, we're also on Instagram uh, Facebook and youtube at double take boy band and yeah that's pretty much it yeah uh, are you guys on tiktok we're not on tiktok yet i've been pushing that yeah. hard yeah I, I, I don't know if you saw my stories a couple of days ago mm. um tiktok's literally like number six and uh on that google play uh-huh and uh oh hello <laughs> <laughs> And Instagram is number 23. And on the Apple Play Store, TikTok's number three. Instagram's number six. Wow. So, and then it's big worldwide. And there's a lot of people on articles writing about it right now. Mm -hmm. And if things fall, come into play, or things fall in the right place, Mm -hmm. I think TikTok within the next year, or a little bit more, is gonna be the next challenger or the potential challenger to take on Instagram. Wow. Much like how Facebook was the big dog 2008 yeah. 9, 10, 11 then 2013, 14, 15, I think Instagram started pushing out of out of its place. Mm-hmm. Same thing's gonna happen to TikTok. Interesting. I think and, and I think it's and for those of you listening right now, it's like if you missed the Instagram boat, And you feel like you've been trying to catch up and there's, it's way too saturated and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I think you would still make it. It's just a lot harder. Yeah. Um, TikTok is like, I think the next gold rush, Mm -hmm. even though there's a lot of TikTok influencers already, it hasn't penetrated mainstream yet. Uh, my friend who's a Perler, um, he gets more business from TikTok just, and within six months he got 30 K. Wow. And then, mm. um, and mm. whereas he's been on Instagram for three years, he's still breaking 3,000. Wow. So it's like, Interesting. Uh, I'm bringing that up because, because um, you guys do music. Yeah. And TikTok is all about music. Mm. You don't have to worry about copyright. You don't have to worry about, <laughs> yeah, that's like the big thing that's turning off a lot of people too. Yeah. Your shit gets muted or taken yep. down. TikTok is like free reign right now. It's the wild west of like how Facebook, and Instagram were in its early days. Yeah. Were, like, not a lot of... There wasn't a whole lot of uh, regulation around your content. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is... perfect. And and, uh, and if you guys... I don't know if it's allowed. Because you guys, you guys have original music, too. We're working on some original stuff, too, yeah. So I'm pretty sure you, if you can upload your original music there, other people can then do a dance to it. Oh, cool. So it's like... Um, yeah, I think... It's pretty, I think free or like, even though there's a lot of, it's a huge worldwide, mm-hmm. the advantage I think TikTok has over Facebook and Instagram is that it's actually in China. Mm. So, and then, that I mean, and China's huge. Yeah. India's huge. It's big in those two markets and those are two like densest populations in the world. Mm. So then that, I mean, there's just a lot of possibility. Wow. So people are okay. considering it like the next Vine, which I do see because there's a lot of people doing Vine-like sketches on there. Uh-huh. But I also see like, people being smart as hell with how they use the music there as well. Mm. So it's like We'll definitely have to get on that then. I got I started taking it more seriously this week and I went from like fifty views per video, because I was posting once a week mm. to like four five hundred views. Wow. So like like every time I post. Wow. So it's like it's okay. it's it's a, it's a grab right now. So then, like, I'm gonna do that today. Yeah, dude, <laughs> get on it. Oh it's gonna be And you can do, and it's like the better version of Dubsmash because originally it was supposed to be, well prior to it being called TikTok, it was called Mm Musical.ly, and Musical.ly was obviously for lip-syncing, but now it's evolved into something more. And then, I mean, um, Mm. athletes are already on it, Snoop Dogg's already on it, a lot of celebrities are already on it. Mm. Uh, When I was working with Omarion, he was already on it, promoting his music. Wow. So it's like, okay. Okay, TikTok, I see TikTok. Yeah, so, like, uh, gotta get in now. Yeah, heads up. Because yeah. it's been, like, cause a lot of people were asking, what's the next big social media platform? Because, mm. like, you know, all these other platforms are kind of passing, out, not, are old already. Yeah. And Snapchat has slowed down because Instagram right. fucking jacked its pictures. Yep. yep. Smart, yeah. though. Okay, so aside from what do you do outside of your. dancing and like how do you balance yourself after the intenseness of rehearsals um man I'm (laughs) I bowl in a bowling league you do yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, bowling's like it's a it's a family sport so I um my entire family bowls and we did tournaments growing up oh sick so that that's kind of like my my golf course is, is the bowling alley, you know, it kind of like shuts everything out and kind of like, in a way brings me back home, you know, even though like they're they're far away, like it kind of like gives me that nostalgia feeling. So I, I do that. Um, my girlfriend and I like to go out and, you know, try different foods and, you know, mm. it's always the best. Yeah, <laughs> different restaurants in LA and, and whatnot, festivals and, and stuff like that and um yeah just anything that promotes fun like i'm all for it yeah yeah that and i mean i've been recently trying to work out more too and and it's been helping a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's been helping a lot because i have more energy throughout the day to accomplish all the things that i have to and um it's kind of i've realized how important it is you know, for especially in, in getting older, you have to, like, have a, a balanced diet. You have to, you know, be active, especially if you're having these long 10, 12-hour rehearsals. Like, yeah. man, that that working out comes in clutch for sure. Yeah, dude, this is, like, things that we're talking about in our mid-20s, <laughs> <laughs> wish we knew... When we were younger. Yep. When we were 16. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, because, like, when we were, like, high schoolers, like, we ate whatever the fuck we wanted. Yeah. But, like, now I'm thinking, like, damn, if we had the same eating habits and work ethic in terms of, work ethic in terms of working out, I think we'd be, like, a whole nother level of yeah. preparedness for everything. Yep, dude. yep. I wish I, I knew all that a little earlier. Like, I phased in and out of, um, you know, working out and staying healthy. But in that older age, man, makes a humongous difference. Do you have any, like, chronic injuries? I do. Which ones? Uh, Mine's are, like, knees, ankles, lower back. Every morning I have to freaking yeah. do some therapy of some sort. <laughs> yeah, mine are neck. Um, back. Close to but, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's usually neck, lower back, and, and my hips, my hip flexors. Oh, yeah, me too. Fuck. Yeah, man. Those are, like, fucked. Yeah. Oh, is it from, in, how'd you injure it? It's, I think of all the stuff that I used to do as a teenager in, in my early 20s mm. without stretching and, you know. We actually have to warm up now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a real thing. It is a yeah, real thing. up. And so you, you mentioned about uh, how it gives you energy. How about sleep? Like, well, how how. How many hours do you aim to get? Try to get eight every day. Yeah. It usually doesn't happen, but I aim for eight hours because anything anything below, I would say, five hours of sleep, that day is not as productive as an eight hour sleep day. Mm. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've come to a routine where, um, you know, I'll, I will be asleep within these hours. And I'll wake up within these hours, and it helps that I have a dog because he wakes up at the same uh, time every so, day. Okay. So, and you know, waiting to be taken out, so that helps a lot. Um, but yeah, man, sleep. I love sleep. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm trying to like bring more awareness to. Is like mm. we work our asses off, but sometimes it's at the at the expense of our own self care, mm-hmm. and it's very and it's right now at this current moment in time, it's a very cool thing. To be like oh i got two hours of sleep and like three <laughs> hours of sleep. like fuck, dude how are you functioning right now and some uh-uh. people do you know some fucking people do drugs so yeah do it, but it's like those are short-term solutions those, those are that's really the band-aid mm-hmm. of it and then i think people underestimate the importance of sleep because how how it makes you just function better the longest i never went without sleep was six days oh my god that was because i was working on a super huge project in college Mm -hmm. i slept it under the
1: desks
0: uh no on my last day i slept under the desk of the public computer lab and i woke up because people like pulled a chair and there's someone kicked me (laughs) awake i'm like oh shit it's like time to yeah so oh my god yeah so i i i've been through those binges of not sleeping and i tell you man there gets to a point where you everything feels hazy Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to focus. And I'd much rather have, like, someone with, I'd much rather have 10 hours of sleep and four hours of super focused work versus three hours of sleep and 12 hours of trying to push through. Yeah. Because there's a difference of how your focus is. Mm-hmm. I and mean, what are your thoughts on the whole idea of, like, self-care or even mental self-care or mental, I guess, illness or something? hmm Uh, maybe that's not in the maybe it's not in the realm of mental illness but more self-care instead of self-sacrifice i mean Um, i don't know if this falls into this category but i've been trying to get into meditation oh hell yeah! and uh yeah man meditation's the shit and it it kind of like centers you and my mind is always thinking about the next thing so like always thinking about what i have to do that day when i'm gonna do it how am I gonna get from this place to this place in this time? Yeah. Um, but that meditation I've been doing like um I've been starting off like ten to thirty minutes. Wow, of, you went hardcore compared convert to me. I started <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> um and it's guided meditation. So it's um it kind of like shuts everything out and just kind of brings you back to center and present and really makes you appreciate, you know, the things that you have and and, you know, your health, your breathing, like the things that we kind of skip over throughout the day, Mm. you know, just being so self-aware of all the things that you need to do or the people that you need to talk to, you forget about yourself sometimes. And I think it's been helping me kind of, you know, with those um, tasks that I have to do throughout the day. It's like, well, I had my 10 minutes to myself where I don't have to worry about anyone else i don't have to worry about you know the task i can just focus on myself and i think everyone should really take that time you know to kind of reflect and just um you know appreciate things that you have because then the rest of your day kind of those like things that you would usually get mad about or, or frustrated about don't seem that important. Mm. you know and it's, it's I, I think I like that it's just like five minutes to yourself ten minutes to yourself yeah. it's so impactful because it's like everyone is trying to pull you is trying to stretch you towards their agenda there's things mm-hmm. that you need to get done and a lot of people forget to take care of themselves first yeah um, it's like giving yourself a pat on the back you know yeah. it's like you you deserve it yeah especially with the, the crazy demands that western society kind of <laughs> asks um so how, how long have you been meditating? Uh, I'm still pretty new to it. So I started maybe about a month ago. How, what was your first experience? Because I used to teach uh, with my company, Bambus. Every every rehearsal, we had to meditate. Mm. And then and I'm always curious as like the first time experiences in meditating. It was hard. My my girlfriend did it. Um, she's been doing it for a while. and I did it with her. And it was just really hard to focus i felt like my post like my posture wasn't right i was so focused on doing it correctly that i didn't fully get the right experience you know and but that's not what meditation is about you know it's it's kind of like freeing yourself and letting yourself be yeah and it took me a while to kind of get in that mindset and it didn't it didn't really hit me until i went by the pool and did it and put my feet in the pool because they're like You don't have to sit cross legged, you don't you know, you can lay down, just be in a comfortable position. So I put my feet in the water, I sat up, and I just was present and I was like, okay, this is what it's like. This is what I'm supposed to be. That's tight. That's a cool breakthrough to have to experience. Yeah yeah it was it was crazy what, what app are you using, using my head, my headspace um uh, i'm using right now i'm using uh just youtube videos um there's a guy jason stevenson that has like a great series of, uh-huh. of videos and he you know he has ones that are for beginners he has one more advanced ones he that's has short ones awesome. long ones so it's yeah he's great that's dope yeah i, I that's freaking dope mm-hmm. yeah I, I remember the main lesson that i, I always taught my dance team our fan base to found a business mm-hmm. is that because I know I, I notice a lot of them feel anxious mm-hmm. in, within their first few sessions so to speak mm-hmm. and I think my favorite lesson I always tell them like everything comes and goes like the frustration you feel in rehearsal the frustration for every day this moment everything comes and goes, just like the breath mm-hmm. so it's like just learning how to kind of appreciate it appreciate the breath instead of just taking it for granted because this moment might have been someone's last yep so exactly they're like yeah (laughs) yeah okay so you've been doing it for a month do you Mm -hmm. you notice like a a difference in terms of like your i guess headspace before and after Mm -hmm. because we can't exactly do like uh, you know (laughs) transformation tuesdays or whatever transformations (laughs) like oh i was 10 pounds heavier and then i'm like 1% body fat now we can't can't do a before and after photo of of our brain yeah um yeah I mean I always realize that after after a meditation my day it kind of floats it's kind of not 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 go 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 because this industry especially in in LA it's like go 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 now I can kind of like stroll and be like let me take this in. Let me take this in. Let me take this in, um, and it's more. I'm definitely more present, and especially um, like for this this show, for example, it's a one show, which is very unlikely for musical theater. We usually get a run of like three or four weekends, but this is one show. Yeah. And what meditation has helped me with is really taking in each moment and taking in every single second, minute, hour with this beautiful cast, you know, the opportunity that I have, the show that we're, we're putting on really taking it for what it's worth. And that one show really appreciating that one show that I have. I like how you're, you're talking about appreciation mm-hmm. of like where you're at, where things are. And you kind of, I kind of want to tie it into like people who just get out of college, so to speak. Yeah. And then they feel like they have to, they like say early 20s like us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, they have to make it by 30, yeah. by 25, be married by 21. Like mm-hmm. they, and, then they, and then because of their mentality, they don't really appreciate the now, how young they really are. Yeah. So like, um, well, I guess what would you have to say to someone who's like 20, who feels the pressure that they have to make it by the next 5, 10 years or mm-hmm. even a year? that kind of pressure I mean one never lose that you know that hunger and that you know drive but at the same time it's okay to take a second and really take everything in you know taking your surroundings stick in the situation because you know that moment I think to quote the office um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a really cool quote that Andy said was I wish you knew you were in the good old days while you were in it, or something like that, oh, you know, yeah, you it just always get chills, right? right? Now. So, like, you you never know that you're in in the good, the good old, old days, days until it those are gone, good. you know. Shit, could... So it it's really like it's, you don't want to look back on a situation and be like, man, I really wish I, you know, appreciated this more. Shit. That really hit home <laughs> for me right now. I feel, I feel that it's true, man. Like we we keep on. You know, going, 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 and trying to do all these things, but sometimes you just need to stop and really be like, you know, I like, I appreciate this. Yeah, shit. <laughs> because you know, like, you can easily look. I'm pretty sure anyone who's watching can easily look time, look back towards a time in your life where it was like, damn, I missed that. Like, oh, I miss high school. When yeah, I didn't. When I didn't have paper bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, when I didn't have chronic injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm reminded that even more now that it, being a dad, because mm-hmm. you see him changing more and more. So, I'm like, for me, it's like, I don't want to miss it. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't get that time back. Right. So, speaking of time, like, do you have a particular process in, I guess, time management? Do you have any hacks or, <laughs> or uh, tools you use? Not really. I mean, I... Like I said, my brain kind of works forward, so I'm always kind of planning on, you know, timing and and looking up traffic and. Nice. <laughs> you know, like those things are important because I hate being late to things. Like I'm always the person that's what? fifteen Some minutes. the that's on time? Right, right. <laughs> I'm a rare breed. <laughs> so I'm always like fifteen minutes early to stuff. I was fifteen minutes early. Yeah, you were hour early. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> when he sent me the text i'm like i was in the middle of editing i'm like oh i guess i gotta start getting ready <laughs> but it took a lot more because i actually this is actually the first time i'm actually using a two mic setup all these extra lights So uh, better look good better enjoy. all this guy <laughs> but yeah man just like kind of i mean i've always kind of been an organized person you know scheduling is really important to me and i hate being late or wasting people's time, so I always make sure that I'm fully there. I hate wasting time <laughs> so fucking much. Yeah. It's like yep. one of my it's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves. And honestly, I think it's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's like I could be working on something for myself right now. <laughs> and it sounds super egotistical, but it's also because <laughs> it's part of it's because I have control of what of that outcome of what that looks like? Yeah, uh, because sometimes when you hang out with friends, like my okay, going going to love language. My primary love language is act service. So uh-huh. I like the idea of doing things, and when I'm with people, I like the idea of things. I guess moving towards that. Yeah, this kind of helps that. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of hanging out. Yeah, at the same time, it's going to help in terms of content and like a grand scale. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. but one like I have friends who next thing is quality time I like if I'm gonna spend time with people it has to have intent yeah we're gonna go for a hike we're gonna watch a movie we're gonna eat or the intent is the food mm-hmm. uh but I but I have friends who just like to lounge because that's their quality time um dialect mm. like they don't have to, so but for me that drives me nuts because we're just lounging and <laughs> not doing anything yeah so like we are just drinking and I mean I think I enjoy it there's times I do enjoy it and I crave it, but like 90% of the time, I'm like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> is, that is that how it is for you? Like- yeah, somewhat. I mean, I I do get that, you know, that's some people's dialect and I fall into that category sometimes. But like you, I'll, I'll look back on a day and be like, man, I probably, sh- I could have worked. I, I probably could have made some money today. Yeah. But then there's also that because then I also think like when I'm older, how close am I going to be with my friends in terms of retiring? <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, at the end of it, your work, your your job doesn't do a, give you a eulogy. Mm-hmm. It's like the your kind of friends. that's yeah. one of those things. Like, okay, am I going to regret be not not? I guess it comes back down to like what's going to make you happy now and then forward. Uh-huh. But it's also like. Well, i i guess the question is like for me is like will i regret not spending time with these people when i am? I see. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, especially here, it's it's hard to have friends. It's hard to hang out, you know, and it's hard to to schedule actually seeing a person face to face cuz i i have friends that, you know, are considered close friends that live really close by that i barely see just oh, cuz of scheduling Yeah, and, you too, know, like working forget down the street. Yeah. So it, it's hard. So it, it's definitely like you have to put forth the effort to hang out with someone. But at the same time, you're always like, well, is my effort going to, you know, pay off? Like, yeah. is this worth doing? Yeah. So it, I, I totally get it. So I I think that's one thing. I, I, especially for those of you who don't live in LA or don't live in a big city, we do kind of live in that hustle, hustle kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And I think with if you're the type of person who needs to spend time with them, with uh, it's I guess be prepared to be flexible, and even yeah. and even disappointed because mm-hmm. uh, it's not nothing against you. It's just like everyone here, well, not everyone. A lot of people who come here have a drive and a dream to achieve. They're just doing actions that align with that. Mm-hmm. That make sure that it's serving the greater purpose of. Mm-hmm. sometimes, like, that involves sacrificing time with friends and family and partying. I mean, even the greats, documentaries, like, Kobe sacrificed family time, yeah. Jason Kidd, all of them, they friggin' sacrifice going out to parties. And it's like, there's, I guess, if you have an ambition, you have to be willing to do what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. But, again, not at the, not at the sacrifice of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a very intense balancing act of being able to pull from both sides. Yeah. Some people go to the, all the way to the extreme and they burn out or they do nothing and nothing progresses. Yeah. So like, um, okay. So I brought up burning out. So like, when was the worst burnout you've ever experienced? Do you experience hmm. burnout? Cause you're so perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, do you, when was your worst burnout experience and how do you recover from it? Um, how did you recover from it? Man. The worst burnout, I think I was working on two shows at one time on top of, you know, working a part-time job. And I remember when those shows kind of ended, I got really sick because often what happens with me is, you know, I'll align myself with a bunch of projects and I'll go, 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 go. Then when those projects are done, my body just shuts down is like, you need to slow down. Oh. so i got really sick for like a, a week and i spent a lot of time in bed and it was just because my mind works faster than my body wants to mm. and I, I that's probably the worst one but I, those really don't happen too often especially because i'm on the self-care kick but um yeah they they definitely happen though this is one of my questions i used to ask god like it, tell me a time where things were like tough like should i give up Mm. kind of tough and what was the inner dialogue that you had to do to get to keep moving forward Mm. I think there was an audition I had one time where it wasn't said but it was implied that my face doesn't belong on tv oh and it was a comment Was a side comment that you overheard? Yeah, like, gosh, I don't even remember what it was for, but I heard that and I heard a comment about my, my eye, my eyelid. And my eyelid, it's always been kind of a sensitive subject growing up, and I've always contemplated getting it fixed or not fixed, but like, you know, worked on. And I always thought, at what, at that time I was like, well maybe they're right. Maybe maybe I don't maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe my face doesn't belong on TV. Yeah. Shit you know, a lot of people don't look like me on TV. I, I get it. I get it. They're probably right. But it took a really strong support system to talk me out of it, to talk me out of getting an operation, to talk me out of uh not moving back home, to talk me out of or to to talk me into you're supposed to be doing this lots of conversations with friends and family that kind of reminded me that, no, there's there's other things for me. And yes, I'm supposed to be doing this. And, you know, I go, like, I'm sure a lot of people go through this stuff, especially getting 10,000 no's before you get a yes. Mm, you know, yeah. that it's, it's a normal thing. It's a numbers game. Yeah, this. it really is. And it's nothing against you. Yeah. And you know if it if it is a comment on your your appearance or or anything like that, then fuck those people. It, it's been a long journey of kind of accepting the way I look and accepting that this is this is me, and this is what I'm rolling with throughout this career. Did you do that? Uh, uh, that one. Uh... I saw you on TV. Oh. Yeah, one... Uh, the Oscars? Yeah. Yeah. Was it for that song? Yeah, This Is yeah, Me. Yeah, The Greatest hard. Showman. Dude, that <laughs> song... I was, I was watching... I watched that movie on the plane. Uh-huh. I cried the whole movie. <laughs> like, I'm not, to, I'm not supposed to cry on the fucking <laughs> plane right now. But <laughs> the, yeah, that's such a powerful, powerful song. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm just piecing that together. It's like your journey, and that's... Like, I don't know how, how... I guess... Powerful that moment was. Oh man, you have no idea how many like strings that hit because for we're our audition out. tape, <laughs> we had to send a tape. Which I found that casting notice through a theater company that I auditioned for, but didn't work for, it. Mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, "You should pro- you should submit to this." So the instructions were: sing sing a song, one uh, learn this dance and tell us what this song means to you and in in my tape i was like well you know being in this industry and not having a face that you normally see on billboards having a lazy eye i've had to deal with people saying no to me all the time but like the song says like this is me accept me for who i am if you don't I'm still accepting of who I am yeah, I so body chills now too, dude. <laughs> and that's that was the great thing about that performance is that those people that were on stage had stories like that and you know they were talented talented people but maybe had a lot of experience with physical features that people didn't want yeah and just to be out on that stage on national TV and to, you know, look up and see Denzel Washington and Meryl Streep in the Ooh, front row, yeah. Ugh, it cool. was, like, a culmination of my entire journey. It was, like, I've stuck with my, like, I've rolled with myself all this time. This is where it brought me. So, yeah, I'm I'm on the right path. It's crazy, bro. I'm just, like, I'm getting a third round of shows right now. Because it's so fucking cool hearing that. Because it's, like, you're, you're... You get here. You're struggling for two months, trying to get a regular, just to get a, a job to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Now you're fast forward, like doing hella, uh, doing shows, and now all the way to Grammys, uh, uh, Oscars. Yeah, Oscars. Did you have an expectation of how long it would take? I was like, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna be on this within by next year. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of um set goals and and things like that and especially when I first moved out here I'm like I'm going to be on a TV series by this year. But like I said, the path kind of changes as as you go through it and you're going to take turns that you didn't think that you're going to take. Yeah. So, I've kind of come to like I still set goals just so I can mm-hmm. still have the drive and you know really go for it and it gives us like something to to aim for. Yeah, yeah. 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 But at the same time, I'm I'm accepting of the fact that it might not happen right away. It might not happen at that point, but it still could. Yeah, you know, just won't happen on your timeline. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. It it never happens on your timeline. Yeah, it never does. That's that. I think that's what's what what. I think what made me excited for that story is like, um, it it happened when it was supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're like. I don't know, maybe type A personalities or people who are first timers and want things to happen quickly. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really about, cause we don't have control of the goal we achieve. Like, like, yeah. oh, like, like shit, like I want to make an extra thousand dollars in a month. Okay. That's the goal, but it's always like what happens in between. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do the things that get you there, then it's not going to happen. And even then there's going to be mm-hmm. goals that we, we set for ourselves. And no matter how much work you put in, it's like, it, it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, where it's discouraging for a lot of people, Yeah, uh, which is something actually now I'm curious about, like when set these goals, like er- in your earlier days, mm-hmm. like when you, when you didn't hit these goals, what was the impact on you and what was the process to continue? striving for it because like mm. i said people are like oh damn i didn't make it in a year guess i'm back home mm-hmm. i mean i am I'm, I'm the type of person that kind of takes uh, negatives and forms them into positives so i kind of use that as you know the driving force to work harder mm. and um i think that's a really hard thing for people to do but luckily like i'm i'm very like headstrong and i, I kind of like you know keep that drive and and that motivation like the haters motivate me, and like mm. all those no's motivate me to get to that yes. Mm. But again, I, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I definitely have like those times where I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah. But like I said, to have a strong support system is very important in this career. Um, people that can relate to what you're going through, uh, people that can lift you up, that can, you know, talk you through situations that you can't tell yourself Mm. Um, sometimes you just have to hear it out loud Mm. you know because you're not going to say that stuff to yourself out loud you know Mm. and sometimes you need someone else to like remind you of that that kind of thing especially if you're in that tough spot even saying some positive things are a little hard to hit because right now at that moment in time it's like an echo chamber of like not feeling worthy yeah but sometimes that one affirmation from someone else mm-hmm. is the is like the ripple effect to mm-hmm. change everything else absolutely next question okay so i'm just going to jump topic though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay so when it comes to auditions mm-hmm. you, uh, like how do you prep yourself like how do you psych yourself up is it mm-hmm. and is it different from i'm guessing it's different from getting yourself psyched up for a show yeah it. i mean it really depends on what it is its Some auditions, you go, especially like commercial auditions. You you just be yourself, and you know you take you take what you're given, sides or a song or anything like that, and you kind of put your own little twist on it. Because I, even if I'm playing a character, I kind of like to bring a part of myself into the audition room. Mm. So so that's that. But I mean, as far as musical theater auditions or anything like that, like you you prep your songs, like you practice your songs, memorize your lines. I mean, yeah, it really, it really is there is, there, is there things that you do like to help prep you mentally. Because what I just I everything out in my experience is dance. It's like mm-hmm. someone you, you can know the choreo, know the choreo know the choreo. But then what I notice like people who can really perform are the ones who are most mentally ready. Yeah. Because when the pressure hits, it doesn't matter how often you practice, if your mental game isn't mm-hmm. point, you're gonna fuck up. Absolutely. I mean, I, I always kind of really focus on being present. Um, once I get in the, the room, I am in that room, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about, you know, the next thing I have to do. Those are my worst auditions is when I get in the room and I'm already thinking, well, what's traffic gonna be like? Am I gonna get, back get to work uh, on time? Those are those are the worst auditions. Those those are the ones that I don't fully give my best performance. Mm. But um, yeah, before I go in the room, I and make sure to go over my material and just really tell myself, be present, be present. What, What's a, an advice that you would give to someone who is afraid to follow, I guess, their heart or their passion, someone who wants to follow singing or who wants to, but they feel a level of insecurity that's preventing them to go? I would say... I mean, I always preach, just go for it. Like if you're really passionate about it and it's something you want to do, then then go for it because I mean, living a life that you're not happy with is kind of not the right path you're supposed to be on. But, um, as I've gone through this career, I've, I've noticed how important it is to stick with it, Mm. like really give it time and, and have no have no expectations on the way it's supposed to go yeah um because I mean if you're if you're scared like if it, the the best thing to do is leap into it honestly like it's it's, Ready, fire, it's so, kind of yeah it's so cliche but I mean you have to dive head first into it alright so I think that let's finish it. one more question yeah I think, I, I think this, this question was inspired by Lewis Howe's School of Greatness and it really like it and I'm taking it from and I'm implementing it here. So all right, so you're in your deathbed Mm. All your works of everything is gone, erased. It's not on YouTube, it's not on anything. And you only have what you're given a piece of paper and and, and you can only give one to three pieces of advice to become successful. Oh man. Okay. What would that be? Wow. (laughs) Three pieces of advice. I would say th- <laughs> three pieces of advice to be successful. Yeah. Man. Um, pressure. <laughs> Holy it's good, shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Um, I would say surround yourself with people that you love and love you. That's a really good one. Know that, n- know that you're worth it. Mm. And um don't waste time worrying. Mm. Yeah, those are good ones. That's all I got. Yeah, so, I mean that's <laughs> principles because it's like you can't, at this point you can't exactly give tactics, but principles yeah. and men, mindset are important. Mm-hmm. All right. So where can people stalk you and you know send you dick pics? Um, um, so. Five hundred one Ridge. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm on all social media platforms chris boogie with a y um you can also follow my boy band double take boy band on all social media platforms and yeah tiktok starting today (laughs) all right dope well that's it hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of mroy tv this is might be on vision paradox tv and on my podcast uh so make sure you guys Give him a follow. Show him some love. Send him some really quality DMs um, <laughs> and on TikTok. Um, I appreciate you guys watching. And, oh, call to action. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, share this with friends who you think might benefit from it. And hit the bell button so you guys are getting fucking notifications of when our shit comes out. Okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for watching. And I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.